hopefully by tomorrow, I want to just put together um, just a snapshot of 2016, all the stuff we have done, just different silly pictures and just fun things like that. So I wanted to have that actually done by yesterday, but it just didn't happen. So if you have like any good pictures or even video clips from church from anything in 2016, send them to me so I can like make it and know, and then I'll, I'll put it all together and I'll send it out to you guys. It'll be fun, you know, I think for all of us to look at, all right? So if you have any, any pictures, any videos from 2016, uh, send them to me. I'll put it all together and then I'll send it out so we can all like, you know, just take a look at it, have a laugh, have a cry, have a, oh my God, it looks so awful, you know, that, that kind of thing. So we'll do all that, all right? Because I think that a lot, so. All right. Um, so, yeah, can you hear me now? Remember that guy from Verizon? It's kind of like how it goes with God. Yeah, he is with Sprint now. I was amazed to see him that first time in the Sprint commercial. Were you? Yeah. Like, wow. He just, he just changed, and he just, like, threw Verizon under the bus. Uh, all right, let's pray first. I'm turning to Daniel 10, because I think that's, where, you know what? I don't even know. We're going to pray first. Father, uh, again, Lord. Uh, We want this year, Lord, to be marked by your voice and by your presence, Lord. We want this year in 2017, Lord, to be marked by your voice and by your presence, Lord. That's our heart's desire, Lord. It's our heart's cry, Father. We want to be able to hear from you uh, accurately. And, Father, we want to just be guilty, Lord, of then living out, Lord, what you place upon our hearts, Lord. So I pray, Lord, that you will um, restore relationships that were broken, that have been broken. Um, We pray, Father, that you would just break off bad habits, Lord, and addictions, Father. Um, I pray, Father, there's just a renewed sense of just really bringing things in our personal life right before you, Lord, whatever they are, and just bringing them before you on a regular basis, Lord, and just talking with you about them, Father. Asking for wisdom, asking for strength. Not giving up when something just goes the wrong way. And so, Father, I just pray that you would just bring a renewed sense, Lord, of, uh, of hope, Lord. And just a new excitement about being in relationship with you, Lord. It's amazing that we get to be in relationship with the God of the universe. And you are wanting and choosing to do amazing things, Lord, in our life and around us, Father. And so I pray, God, that we just keep our relationship tight with you, Lord. So may your word this morning just really encourage and spark our hearts. And I pray that we wouldn't be able to just shut that off easily. That we'd want to just get together with you later today and just talk with you and hang out with you, Lord. I pray, Father, just do this work, Lord, of just drawing us to yourself, Lord, amidst all the distractions. In Jesus' name. Amen. Um, so I thought, I was thinking about a couple of things, which, uh, which we'll get to. Josh, don't throw on that title slide there. It's got the headphones on there. Yeah, can you hear his voice? Um, so I wanted just to talk about, um, there's just so many distractions, right? There's so many distractions. And much of like being a Christian, much of most of, most of, everybody say most. Most. Most of what it means of being a Christian is just 
having that relationship with God, right? Where we talk to him often, out loud, in our hearts. We write about him in our homes. Uh, we write about him on social media. We do whatever. Um, but a mark of the Christian is like is, is, a, is a private life that's sometimes also public, but there's just this life of us that just, we get alone with God to communicate with Him. That, that's just that's the bulk of the Christian life. It's where we get together with God and we live in relationship with Him. I mean, you boil it all, that's what it boils down to. And that's where um, we become changed. That's where we start to just be amazed by about God and who He is. That's when we realize much of what we read in here actually does play out to be true. Um, that's where we get really encouraged to take next steps of faith, maybe that we were nervous about before. That's where hope becomes built. And that's where we just start to change from the inside. Because we can all make behavior modifications and changes. Um, and some of those are, are, are good things to do. Um, but much of the way God works is he works from the inside where he just starts to change the way he renews our minds and the way we think. starts to change like the things we used to want and just our choices. And then that starts to come out of us. And some people, a lot of people, they try and jump the gun and make all the changes and do all the things that they're supposed to do and totally neglect plugging into the source that enables us to do it. Does it make sense? So each year, it's really our goal and our focus as a church to say, hey, I want to start off this year of hearing his voice, being close to him. There's just, uh, you know, so I think about relationships, and um, one thing that's really frustrating about relationships is when uh, one person does all the talking, right? That's a frustrating part. Any relationship, you just, it's a marriage, it's a, you know, boyfriend, girlfriend, it's a sister, brother, whatever it is. Any relationship is very frustrating if one person is doing all the talking, right? In fact, I don't know how much of a relationship that really is if one person's always doing all the talking. I, I, it's just more like they're just looking for an audience or a soundboard. They need somebody in the room. I think it's really easy for us to have sort of that relationship with God till we do all of the talking. Because maybe even we think we're supposed to, with a, maybe with good intention. But if he's calling us into relationship, there's a two-way street of communication that's got to happen. Just like if I'm with Julie or you or whoever, or whatever, per, whatever the situation is in any relationship, there's a relationship there if someone's communicating and talking something one way, somebody hears it, then provides feedback and communication back the other way. Right? Communication one-on-one. And so, it's a little more difficult with God because His Holy Spirit lives in us. He's not exactly a tangible person we can just grab or just text or just you know, take out for coffee or do whatever. And he says, hey, listen, the way I want to do this is I just want you to shut everything off to be in full attentiveness mode in front of me and just hang out with me for a little bit where you're just focusing on me. 
And what happens is in that place, we actually get some feedback and responses back from him. And then, of course, the battle is, it's like, well, is that really God, or is that me just talking to myself? <laughs> because that's, that's always the struggle, you know? Was that God, or was it bad pizza? You know, like, what exactly is going on here? That's the struggle. So really, the goal for us for this, like, 21 days to start off our, our church fast is, really, the biggest barrier and distraction is going to be how we set up our time. That's really going to be the biggest barrier and distraction. And things are going to happen, right? We have jobs, we have, you know, responsibilities and chores and bills, and things come up last minute and unexpected, and they happen. But there has to be something, like, within us where it's, oh, man, I want to be with you. That was a good burp from the little man right there. That was good. There's got to be something where it's like, it's a priority, it's a priority. Like, I, 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 I won't be able to really just do life well today unless I'm with the Lord today. You know what's kind of crazy is that, and, and you guys all know, you guys have all been through the whole system, just thinking about education because, you know, I just work in it during the week and always doing that stuff. It's crazy how, you know, the kids just get in there, they go through the whole education thing, they get all their grades, they go grade to grade, they do whatever they have to do, and reach whatever benchmarks, and, and then they get to the point, you know, typically where I get them uh, in high school, and then they're thinking about colleges and major choices and all this stuff, and, and they just, they, they, man, they apply to 10, 12, 15 schools, and they get all these letters of recommendation, they spend a lot of time, a lot of money, a lot of energy, they're talking about to guidance counselors, to their parents, all kinds of stuff. And then hopefully they get into a school where they want to go, and they go to a school wherever, and they're like, oh gosh, this sucks, you know, and then either they want to change it, or maybe they like it, and they're like, oh, I love it, and they want to continue in it, and it's just crazy how life goes, you know, from, you know, preschool to kindergarten, elementary school, middle school, high school, college, and then there's all those years, you know, 18, 20 years of just making decisions, and getting things done, and being productive, all those things can happen, right? You can make decisions, you can be productive, you can, like, really determine a way in life that you want to go. And it's really, it's just, it's interesting to me how really nowhere in that process is any child, depending upon the home, any child really taught, hey, let's like seek God on this. Let's prayerfully invest ourselves in, in what the future might hold. That is like such a rarity. And then it's like even more such a rarity when then when you have a family and you have a home and it's like, okay, what direction are we going? Where is God bringing this family? What does he have in mind here and what is he doing? Because that's what we want to go after. It's almost like for most Christian families, it's like something you like talk about. And because most people don't even talk about that stuff, that's like better than ones that never do. So, they, so then they're better. But it's like it's so far short of the intent. And then there's never like this realized vision and then walking in it and experiencing it. Does it make sense? Like we just get really used to just doing life and getting a lot of things done and being very productive. 
kind of being good people and, and leaving God for the most part at kind of the side. And he's like, oh man, if you just put me at the center. I'm not saying you would even go to those same places or do those same things, but I'm saying it's going to look radically different when I'm at the center. And not only will those things look radically different, you are going to be radically different. And completely different fruit and results are going to happen because of it. So when I think about hearing from God, when I think about that whole concept and that whole idea, see, there's a whole sect, there's a whole group of Christianity where, okay, like, you know, I'm going to go to church, I'm going to listen to what they got to say, they're going to read from the Bible, they'll just tell me what it is, and then I'm just going to, I'll just go do it. It's pretty good. Most people could care less. They won't even come to church. They won't even do whatever. So I'm better than that. There's a large group of Christianity that thinks that way. But then there's another group of Christianity that really loved Jesus. That were actually really excited when baby Jesus were born because it wasn't a threat in their lives. Like King Herod is like, no, 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 no. I am the king. I am the boss. And we're going to make sure he doesn't make it. Baby Jesus doesn't make it. And kind of that's the way a lot of people approach Christianity a lot of times. Whoa, 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 I'm the boss. Who said I can't do that? Who said I shouldn't listen to those things? Seems to be fine for that person. It's probably okay for me. And it's almost like if we don't see immediate punishment happening on somebody else who's doing something maybe we're unsure about, it's like, oh, maybe that's a green light. Maybe God said that's okay. It becomes like a strange life when we're not really clearly hearing his voice and just walking closely with him. Uh, you know, not too long ago, a couple of weeks ago, Julie and I, we get a, a piece of uh, mail, and we, we were fasting for a little bit. It wasn't even a great fast, right? I mean, we didn't really do a great job, no. Um, we committed to like a thing, and we had some stuff to do, and then we sort of did okay. It wasn't one of our best ones, but. And, but I'm telling you that for a reason. Because sometimes like, we think the performance is like the most important thing. And like the performance, being obedient matters, but it's just, it's nice to know that God also is gracious and understanding towards clay pots that are really authentic, but, you know, they're trying hard. Um, so, you know, we're fasting, and, and some mail comes in, and uh, somebody sends us, uh, somebody from, maybe they're listening online, Somebody from Charlotte, North Carolina, which, which we don't know. You know, we, we know people in North Carolina, and we actually asked the people in North Carolina that we knew, hey, did you send us a little Christmas present, or did you, what did you, who, did you tell somebody about us? And, and nobody, you know, they didn't know or say anything. So unless they're lying to us, which I guess they could be, um, but I, I don't think they're not. They are not. Um, they sent us this card. There's just all this long stuff in there. It's just talking about us as a church. Um, talking about Julie and I and our family and about um, how, you know, God really appreciates us being faithful and then has some Bible verses in there. Just really super encouraging stuff. And then they put, you know, some money in there. sizable amount of money. And I was like, so Julie sends me a text. I'm at school. And um, I'm like, I just look at, now, just let me just pause there. This is not the first time it's happened to us. This church has been around, you know, going on six years now. It's crazy. Going on six years now. And God, we want more impact. Let's go. 
he's, he's getting us ready. But we're going on six years now, and uh, things like this have, have happened a number of times. I try and keep a record of a lot of them. Sometimes I just don't. So I'm in class. I'm teaching whatever. I get this text from her. Yes, I checked my phone in class. I looked on my phone, and I was like, just a big smile on my face. I'm like, man, God's doing it again. You know, very cool. And then we get back home later. You know, we talk about it and all kinds of cool stuff. But which is, what's interesting to me about that is that, that was like, there was nowhere part of our prayer, part of our fasting where we're like, uh, you know, God, give us a, a letter from somebody. Give us some money somewhere. Like, show it. wasn't even on the radar, to be honest with you. I mean, listen, was, was it on your? Okay. Yeah. So at least from our conversations, it didn't seem like it was. Julie said no, so we're good. Um, it, the goal is just really to hear his voice more clearly. We're just in a season of life, you know, it's just, some things are also confusing, so we're just like, oh, man, Lord, like, I don't, just go through those seasons sometimes, you're just confused. Like, you know what God says, life looks this way, and then there's this gap in between, and it's just like, what exactly are you doing? What are your methods? It seems bizarre that you're saying this, and we think we're doing that, and then it looks like this. And those are the perfect times to do the fasting. That's kind of the whole idea, to hear more clearly. Instead of just getting lost in doubt and confusion and just spending time there. So there's not a lot of value to spend time there. Do you know that? There's not a lot of value in spending time in doubt and confusion and asking why. It's legal. You can. There's just not a lot of value to it. It doesn't really help. That's why hope is super important, like we talked about in the beginning. Because hope is like, well, yeah, it is what it is. There's no denying it. But hope combined with faith says, no, God is who he says he is. This is what he said. These are the things we can hold on to. Very different. So it's interesting to me, you know, just kind of how that all played out, you know, during some fasting time. And we're going to do a fast, which I'm going to talk about, you know, like right now. And um, it's interesting to me how the fast, we're going we're to take the time length, and uh, kind of the eating guidelines a little bit from Daniel, the Daniel fast. And it's interesting to me, he took a 21-day fast, basically, and on that 21-day fast, uh, he had vegetables and water. That's what he did. And so when I read something like that, I'm like, why would somebody do something like that, number one? Like, Why? Why would you just say, I'm going to volunteer myself and do this? Why did they do that? And, and what did they, like, what happened to start that whole process? I'm curious. And so I just wanted to highlight a couple of things from that. And then, um, and then we'll talk a little bit more about the fast, and we're going to close up and sing together. Sound good? All right, so go to uh, Daniel chapter uh, 9. I know it says 10 in your bulletin, but... That's all right. Let me also tell you this as you turn in there. Uh, The first few weeks of the year, I have like this tension. My spirit's really excited. My flesh really is not. So there's like a part of me that's like, oh, we're doing the fast. And it's like, oh, I'm the pastor. Like, I really have to. I can't even. 
can't even get out of it. That's like, that's a real thought, you know, like, but my spirit's like, no, of course, like, that's what we want, we want to hear from God, like, getting rid of some things, like, for, for a period of time is really going to be helpful. So don't feel guilty if, like, it comes on you a little bit and being like, eh, I don't know, like, I'm not really, don't give that stuff too much time. All right, so check, uh, how much of this are we going to read? So chapter 9, um, Daniel, let's read it, verse, chap, verse 1. It says, in the first year of Darius, son of Xerxes, a Mede by descent, who was made ruler over the Babylonian kingdom, in the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood from the scriptures, according to the word of the Lord given to Jeremiah the prophet, that the desolation of Jerusalem would last 70 years. So basically, he, he's not in Israel. He, he's in Babylon, the country that took over. He's reading Jeremiah. Right? Women are reading Jeremiah. And um, that's what they're studying through on, uh, on the stirring. And from reading that, he, f- he figured out, oh, man, like their punishment, they're really in punishment. I mean, God just really disciplined them. There, there is that nature and character of God. He, he does love people, but... He loves people in a way that he says what love is. And uh, there is, like, another side to God that's judgmental. And, and that's a reality. I mean, that, that's much of the Bible. And that's the only reason why we have Christmas. I mean, it's the only reason why the angel came to Mary and said, hey, listen, his name is Jesus. Well, why? Because he's going to save people from their sins. The other side being people are like, it's not good for them if they don't deal with their sins through Jesus Christ. They're in trouble. They will go to hell. Like, there's a price. That's the reality. Otherwise, there is no Christmas, right? He doesn't have to come on a rescue mission. But, back to this. So, he reads, hey, this punishment for them is going to last 70 years. Verse 3. So, I turned to the Lord God and pleaded with him in prayer and petition and fasting and sackcloth and ashes. We're not going to do that part. So, you can if you want with the sackcloth and ashes. That'd be interesting. Um, if you do it, send me a little video clip of what you look like. That'd be kind of funny. Uh, but, I joke, but you know, their, idea, their idea of a fast was, listen, right now, um, I, I'm not super depressed and just horrible to be around, but I'm intentionally focused on hearing from the Lord because I'm just confused. I don't know. So all of my faculties, I'm, I'm just... God, what are you saying? I, I just want to hear you clearly. What are you saying, Lord? I just need to be closer to your heart. Right? They didn't play around with that. 21st century fasting looks like, okay, when's the last time I can eat? How much should I eat? How less can I make this hurt? And that's like, whoa, way far away. These guys are like, they're not eating. They're really serious about it. Their dress even reflects They put on basically a potato bag, and then they got ashes that they, like, sprinkle on themselves. I mean, it's just like a super humbling experience. Sort of the idea with fasting. Fasting in the Christian faith, anyways. Fasting can happen anywhere with anybody. You can always abstain from something. Fasting in the Christian faith is very, very different. It's with a focus of getting close to God, getting near to God, trying to hear from His voice more clearly. Because not just abstaining from things, it's then also trying to fill ourselves with what, who he is. 
We'll get more to that in a minute. So then he's moved to just pray. He's like a wreck. 70 years? Ah. So then he goes fasting, sackcloth, ashes. Here's some of what he prays. We won't read the whole thing. I prayed to the Lord my God and confessed. So he, what he does, he takes it upon himself now to pray for this whole nation. He's like, oh, man. I, obviously, they've done themselves in. They're in trouble. 70 years of really being disciplined. So he's taking it upon himself, and he's like, oh, God, I'll, I'll, I'll just I'll try and confess for everybody. Just hear my voice, please, on behalf of this people. It's called interceding. It was just heavy on his heart. Oh, Lord, the great and awesome God who keeps his covenant of love with all who love him and obey his commands. We have sinned and done wrong. We have been wicked and have rebelled. We have turned away from your commands and laws. We have not listened to your servants, the prophets, who spoke in your name to our kings, our princes, our fathers, and all the people of the land. Lord, you are righteous, but this day we are covered with shame. The men of Judah, and then he just goes down, boom, all the way. Just laying it out there. What actually, what's the scene? Like, what's going on? What's happening? He just cries it out to him. So some people are like, even when they talk about our country, you know, America, eh, whatever, it's just, you know, we're obviously keeping God out, we're just going that direction, and there's just, there's just no hope. Maybe some of that's true, but the no hope part definitely is not true. And much of what happens in America and much of the souls that turn to Jesus Christ and give their lives over to him and the churches that would just just change their ways is going to happen and come because people will have a heart that just, oh, I just feel bad. It's more than just a feel bad. It's like, oh, my, my heart is with them. And then they fast and then they pray. There are many people that this is like the way they live that God has just put on their lives. Now, for those people that live like that, that's really a kind of unique grace that's on their life. But for a lot of us, it's like, that's going to come from time to time where our heart just feels heavy with things. And God's like, listen, it feels heavy for a reason. Come talk with me about this. Remember, I'm good and faithful. I'm righteous and true. I'm calling people to myself. There's things I want to do. So for us to just like become insensitive and not feel things and just like, that's pretty far from the heart of God. It's true. Hey, buddy. It's true that other people's sins and problems will like affect us when we're close to them. And it's just like, oh, man, it just breaks our heart. And we just come in prayer like before God on it. just happens. And, and like those are situations and scenes we shouldn't avoid. In fact, really what we should do is we just pour out back to God on it. Like, God, this is wrecking my heart right now. I don't understand. You have a bigger plan and calling on this person's life. There's more that you have for them. And it's interesting how when stuff like that happens, it really changes us a lot. And then we just start like, you know, fasting or doing strange things on behalf of them because God starts to impart some of his heart that he has for them onto us. Isn't that crazy? That's amazing. And that's much of the way God works. So he goes through all this stuff. And then to pick up in verse 20. 
I would encourage you to read the prayer, you know, maybe later today or this week or something. Verse 20, while I was speaking and praying, confessing my sin and the sin of my people Israel and making my request to the Lord my God for his holy hill, while I was still in prayer, Gabriel, the man I had seen in the earlier vision, came to me in a swift flight about the time of the evening sacrifice. He instructed me and said to me, Daniel, I have now come to give you insight and understanding. As soon as you began to pray, an answer was given, which I have come to tell you, for you are highly esteemed. Therefore, consider the message and understand the vision. This is wild to me. So, you're going to read through this prayer, if you do read through this prayer, which I encourage you to. It's always interesting to read prayers in the Bible from other godly men and women, to be like, how do they pray? What were they saying? And then what happens? It's interesting. Never once in that prayer was he like, hey, give me a message. Tell me something. Give me a revelation for the people. Give me... It was... It was all about his heart was just, it was hurting. And in a place of just repentance and sorrow. And God was just like, yeah, I'm going to come talk to him. And he sends Gabriel and they start talking. They start talking about this vision and it's like ridiculous. So what that really means for us and what I hope you gain out of that is don't try and focus so much on like some perfect prayers with the perfect words. Come with the perfect heart that just comes authentic and transparent before him. And it might be, it might be a similar situation where you're just on your face or crying or just praying for whoever, whatever situation. And that might be when God just releases something on you or he just sends an angel to talk to you. Because it'd be incorrect to read this and say, well, that was just for Daniel and that just happens to Daniel because he's, you know, a special guy. Totally wrong. Happens all throughout the Bible to special and unspecial people. Heaven responds to authentic and transparent hearts that cry out. So if you want to know who God is, this is how you get his attention. So then check this out. Go to chapter 10. It says, In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a revelation was given to Daniel. It was called Belteshazzar. Its message was true. It concerned a great war. The understanding of the message came to him in a vision. It says, At that time, I, Daniel, mourned for three weeks. That's where we get our 21 days. I ate no choice food, no meat or wine touched my lips, and I used no lotions at all until the three weeks were over. So I don't know. You might want to want to shower or something. You know, I, I, I don't. Know. So the hygiene part, I, I don't know. I don't know. Okay, I don't know. He just did no lotions. I don't know if that means he didn't shower either. Like I don't know. I think I think what he's trying to say is I didn't spend a lot of time on my physical appearance. It wasn't like, maybe there was a season for a lot of working out and stuff, but like this wasn't one of them. You know what I mean? Like he just, it mattered, but it it wasn't, you know, it wasn't like he was whipping himself or something like weird like that. It was just like, man, I'm just not taking care of just a lot of the extra stuff right now. I'm really just spending the bulk of my time with the Lord. So he had no choice food, no meat or wine, touched my lips, and used no lotions at all until three weeks were over. 
On the 24th day of the first month, as I was standing on the bank of the great river, the Tigris, I looked up, and there before me was a man dressed in linen with a belt of the finest gold around his waist. His body was like chrysolite, his face like lightning, his eyes like flaming torches, his arms and legs like the gleam of burnished bronze, and his voice like the sound of a multitude. What a day by the river. I, Daniel, was the only one who saw the vision. The men with me did not see it, but this is interesting. But such terror overwhelmed them that they fled and hid themselves. So that's kind of crazy, right? So they couldn't see, like, this individual, but somehow they could feel, like, the something about it. It affected them, so they ran and fled in, in their hiding. So I was left alone gazing at this great vision. I had no strength left. My face turned pale. Makes sense. I was helpless. I heard him speaking as I listened. I fell into a deep sleep, my face to the ground. A hand touched me and said, and set me trembling on my hands and knees. He said, Daniel, you who are highly esteemed. How many times did he say that to him? Just two times in two chapters so far, right? This guy is like respected and famous in heaven. Remember we talked about that? Was it last week or a couple of week, a couple of weeks ago? He's talking around people who are famous in heaven, like John the Baptist was. Jesus said he was like um, the greatest born among men, John the Baptist. He was famous in heaven. These people that are famous in heaven aren't always necessarily famous on earth. They won't have the most Twitter followers. They won't get the most likes. They won't have the most YouTube shares. It's just not going to happen. Famous in heaven does not equal famous here. It doesn't. It doesn't. It says, uh, Consider carefully the words I'm about to speak to you and stand up, for I have now been sent to you. And when he said this to me, I stood up trembling. Then he continues, So uh, do not be afraid, Daniel, since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before God, your words were heard. And I've come in response to them. So when he started praying, did God hear him? He did, right? Said in chapter 9, too, right? Soon as he started praying. And again, it'd be wrong to think that, well, that was Daniel. No. For every son or daughter, he wants to respond to. As soon as Jaren or Judson are talking about something, I'm paying attention. Even though I'm ignoring them, I'm paying attention. They do crazy things. Verse 13. But the prince of the Persian kingdom resisted me 21 days. Then Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me because I was detained there with the king of Persia. That's crazy. So just pause. So Daniel prays, highly esteemed, highly favored. And, and really he prays just for forgiveness. He's like, God, just forgive us. This is just horrible. Just look again with favor on us. Just, Father, I know what we deserve. You know, he's... And uh, it says that heaven heard. He wanted to get there. So he was like, okay, heaven heard. He prayed, let's go. I think many times we kind of think that, well, hey, listen, if the Christian's praying and God wants to give an answer, did God want to give an answer? He did. He wanted to give the answer. Did the answer get there immediately? No. At least Keith's paying attention. No, it didn't get there immediately. It took 21 days to get there. So somebody highly esteemed, loved by God, and don't you think you don't fit in that category if you're a born-again believer? Of course you do. He hears the prayers. He wants to move. Heaven wants to go. The plan's already in place. Gabriel 
a significant angel in the Lord's army. He can't even make it. It would have taken him longer. He needed more backup with Michael. How do these angels get detained? What is this fighting that is happening? Are they using swords? Do they have shields? Do they wrestle? Like, what does this look like? And if they're God's angels, how could they possibly be detained? Especially high-ranking ones. Like, I wish I had a good answer for you. One, I'll tell you one prayer. I've been praying ever since I have been, probably the first time I read it, I was like 16 years old. I continue to pray. It hasn't been answered yet. I think heaven heard me, though. I know heaven heard me. We'll see if, if he chooses to answer. But one thing I've been praying ever since I like was 15, when I first read it, uh, when Elijah, I sidetrack, I know, but I'm getting back to it. But Elijah and his servant, they're in a house. Armies came on them, and the servant's freaking out. He's like, hey, we're in trouble. They're coming to get us. And Elijah's like, calm, cool, and collected. And he's like, no. He's like, listen, the ones that are with us is a lot greater than the one that's outside. He's like, have you looked around? Do you see? There's thousands. And his prayer goes, he goes, uh, Lord, open his eyes so he can see what I see. And then he looks around and he's like, oh, yeah. And it just changed, like, everything. So I don't know if that's, like, a sign of my lack of faith. Maybe it is because we're not supposed to walk by sight. So maybe that's what that prayer is about. I don't know. But I still am very curious. But I have my eyes being open from time to time. Lord, just let me see some of the fight. It actually might wreck me for the rest of my life. I don't know. Um, but all that to say, it's interesting that God's highly esteemed and favored, they had a prayer. It was God's intent to answer, give him an answer. It can't even get there right away. 21 days of delay. And most of us, we'd quit on a prayer after five days. It's not God's will. How do you know it's not God's will? Stay in there and fight. It's not, so, it's not just we have it in our heart, we pour it out to God, and then we do that, and then, and then for most of us it takes a lot of work just to do that. So we're like impressed with our own work in doing that, and we're like, yeah, that was good. But God is telling us in his word that the reality is there's this whole fighting and wrestling and just this oppression and it's a significant foe in the enemy. He's strong. He has some ability. Like, it's going to take work, hard work. And I'll tell you what, I've never been, like, more awakened to that fact than when we planted this church here in town. I'm like, oh, my gosh. It's hard work. To ta- especially taking things back that was his. That's even harder. He's not giving that up easily. It says in verse 12, Then he continued, Don't be afraid, Daniel, since uh, the first day we read all that. Oh, no, we didn't. Since the first day you set your mind to gain understanding, humble yourself before God. Your words were heard, and I have come in response to them. But the prince of the Persian kingdom resisted me 21 days. Then Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me because I was detained there with the king of Persia. Now I've come to explain to you what will happen to your people in the future for the vision concerns a time yet to come. So then he's got an interpretation of just this radical you know, dream slash vision that he had before and the angel will explain it to him. Um, so I'm just blown away by the, just the whole dynamic. I'm just blown away by the whole dynamic. Of, Daniel was never asking for any of this. His heart was moved in a compassion 
that was placed there by God because he was reading God's word. He's reading Jeremiah. And he like took it like it's real. Oh my gosh, like for 70 years. Like now they're, they're going to suffer because this is a nation. We just said no to him. And it just broke his heart. And then God just shows up with this ridiculous scene of angels and answering prayer and visions. And it's like, wow. And so many of us as Christians, like what we need again is have our hearts realigned with God's heart so we're feeling the same way that he's feeling about things. We're going to learn a lot. And we're going to experience a lot. So that's why I'm really excited about the fast. My flesh isn't super excited, but I am actually very excited about it. All right, take out this sheet right here. I just want to give you a quick run through. Quick run through. Quick, quick, quick. Um, Let me just explain. So again, this is your choice. You don't have to. But I'm just saying, this is a church family. This is something we're committing to. Uh, let's see here. We'll start on the part that has the blue highlights, okay? Um, fasting and spiritual discipline designed to better connect us with God. We talked about that. It's all about aligning ourselves with God and what He really wants us to do. As a church, we are fasting together in order to deepen our relationship with God, as well as get in step with His plan and His purpose for us during the coming year. Over the next 21 days... Uh, we're going to sacrifice at least one meal a day and focus on, which I'll talk more about that in a minute, and focus on reading the Bible, praying, and journaling. Here's the goal, all right? The overall goal is to sacrificially and intentionally, say sacrificially, sacrificially. say intentionally. intentionally. That's the goal here. Sacrificially, and it, do sacrifices feel good? No. no, they don't. They're not real fun, okay? Intentional means... You're doing it on purpose. Like, I don't have a good synonym, but it's on purpose. Okay? Sacrificially and intentionally positioning ourselves to hear from God. Remember, the idea is to be realistic, not legalistic. Um, yeah, some people can just get legal. By legalistic, I mean it just it has to be this way, has to be that way, has to do this, and has to do that. And then they might notice another brother or sister and be like, oh, you're doing it wrong. You're doing it wrong. That'd be legalistic. That'd be legalistic. Let's just make sure we're doing right what he says like, is right for us. Focus more on the details of connecting with God rather than the right words or methods. God wants your heart poured out to him using whatever words that may entail. I think we saw that kind of played out already with Daniel. So that's the fasting focus. Here's the fasting framework. The dates. Sunday the 8th to January 28th. So it wouldn't start tomorrow. I mean, I guess if you wanted to, you could start tomorrow, but us as a church, we're going to start on the 8th. So we got a week. To men- and I did that so we could like mentally prepare. Because it's kind of a big deal. I mean, 21 days is a significant amount of time, especially if you've never really done it before. And, and it's going to be, I, I know for myself, usually about by the 6th to 7th day in, I'm like, my flesh is like, hmm, this is a bad idea. Like six or seven days in. My spirit's like, no, this is a great idea. But my flesh is like, I don't like this. Your flesh doesn't like to be told what to do. And it's very rare to have, you know, a Christ follower, a Christian, like continuously tell your flesh, like, what the deal is. It's, it's rare to, like, tell yourself, no, I will not. No, 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 no. You know, it's, it's rare. So those are the dates. 
This is a type of Daniel fast uh, based on the 21-day length, which we read about. It's located in Daniel 1.12 in chapter 10. We didn't read 1.12. 1.12 talks about uh, how they ate just vegetables and water. And he talked about how he had no choice foods or wine. Um, kind of point being, it was like a really simple diet. Fruits, vegetables, water, just everything way scaled back. Maybe a couple pieces of bread thrown in there. But point being, it's really, I don't get legalistic, right? I'm not going to sit here and say, hey, listen, you can have this type of white bread. You can try this type of fruit. Like, this is crazy. The idea is everything's super scaled back. Uh, Daniel ate only water and vegetables, and some will do the exact same for this fast if you want to do that. You could just do the water and vegetables for 21 days. Our church family will commit to at least a partial fast of removing one meal per day. So that's kind of like our just baseline, bottom line goal, us as a church. Some of you might not really want to just jump in with the water and vegetables and fruit. But maybe for all of us, what we could do for 21 days is say, hey, one significant meal, because it's got to be sacrificial, right? One significant meal, like I'm not doing. I'm just not. And I'll spend that time just hanging out with the Lord. You could be in a closet. You could be walking in the woods. You could Whatever. But you're just hanging out with the Lord. Instead of spending that time preparing that meal and eating that meal, it's spent filling ourselves with Him. Because again, the idea is not just abstaining. That's, that's like totally missing the whole point. Abstaining, is anybody can abstain. And there's lots of methods to try and do abstaining from things. The idea is to abstain, but then fill. That's the idea. If you have some kind of condition that will prohibit you from taking part uh, in the fast, there are other options. You could choose to remove something from your daily routine. Television, internet, sports, etc. The important thing to remember and realize is that the details are not as important as the heart and spirit behind the fasting. If you have a known medical condition or pregnant or nursing, you might not want to do the food part, uh, but you may want to fast for something else. Any reservations, of course, like, you know, talk to your doctor first if you're still, like, on the fence with stuff. Um, So if people, for whatever reason, can't do the food thing, the Internet and TV and sports, that covers a lot right there. I mean, that's like shutting down social media. Nothing. Nothing to check, nothing to look at. Imagine that. Imagine that. That could be a really freeing thing for a lot of us. Um, no TV. That could be another big one. Oh, your shows and your things? Ah, no. Like, spend the time, like, sacrificially. Sports. Playoffs. I fast one time during March Madness. Woo! It's like, Lord, that's a horrible time. Come on, let me watch that much TV. Do you want me to do this now? Oh, that was, that was really difficult. But this is the idea, right? The idea is, Lord, I just I want to hear from your heart. I need to be close to you. That stuff, it'll be there, you know. There'll be more playoff games. There'll be more stuff. All right, fasting fine points. During the 21-day fast, you're committing to uh, at least an abstinence from one meal of food per day or some other type of daily sacrifice. During this time of food denial, the idea is to fill yourself on God. The idea is to pray, bhavari, journal during time of fasting. Pray. Uh, in case you find yourself needing help on what to pray for, there's a prayer and fasting calendar to help you with your prayer time should you need it. That's what's on the other side. So some people, maybe they just get, they just, what do I pray for? I'm like done praying. I prayed all my stuff. If you need help with that, okay, might not be your problem at all. 
But if you need help with that, I'm just upside down. Right? So you do this, the right side up. Uh, ignore that one and two there. I don't know why that happened. Probably chasing a kid or something. But you can see color-coded weeks, and you can see by day things to pray for in case you need it. Just a suggestion. Okay? Bible reading. During this time, um, you'll also be committing to truly living out Jesus' words. Man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. That's like a nice Bible verse to say. I don't know a whole lot of Christians that actually like, have personal experience with that one. Jesus wasn't kidding. And you know when he said it? He said it after a 40-day one in the desert. He's like, man, I don't need it right now. But the doctors say you do. It's not good. It's a Listen, this is what God has me doing right now. He'll provide whatever I need. Like I said, there's a very fine line between stupid and faithful. Like, we got to know, you know? But there is still room for, like, that radical faith. Some people just might say things are just a bad idea, seems unsafe, not good, unwise. I can't take them into my home. You know, they'd be bad. They'd be dangerous. You know, I don't know them, but... God's saying, do it, then like, just go for it. Just do it. Just do things. Uh, journal. God is going to work in amazing ways if you choose to participate in this fast. Many times after seasons of prayer and fasting come direction, blessing, and power. Amen on that. We can sometimes forget what and how God is working unless we journal it or write it down somewhere. That is why this is strongly encouraged to do during the fast. So, that's the idea um, for the next, uh, not quite yet, but starting on the 8th. So, like, even after church, we'll just have vegetables and water and, like, some fruit. That's about it, you know, for, that'll be our snack time. We'll probably just have it right here, too, like. Um, And so, again, so you could do exactly kind of the way Daniel did it, or you can just do the one meal a day. Honestly, if you're unsure of exactly how to approach it, Here's a great idea. Spend the week asking God what the best way to be would be. Like, God, I'm not sure. I know you're calling me to, but what would make sense? What would be like, just makes sense. Be sacrificial. I'll still give you my best. Like, I guarantee you something will come upon your heart. And if you're still confused and you've been praying that all week, come Thursday, Friday, you're like, I don't know. Text like a trusted Christian friend. Be like, hey, I've been asking the Lord this week. Here's what I've been asking him. Here are my ideas. What do you think? Yes, yes? All right. Oh, man, it's already late. Okay, let me give you a disclosing verse. I wanted to sing one more time, but I'll get in trouble with nursery and Sunday school. So, Psalm 42. I'll just read it to you. We were talking about this uh, Wednesday night in prayer meeting, too. I just want you to hear the language used about how somebody is talking about hearing from God. Listen to the language. As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? That's just verse 1. The rest is ridiculous. 
But as the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? And so, Father, I, I pray, Lord, that if we don't have it, that you would just instill just that desire, Lord, just as somebody would need water, Lord, they're just dehydrated, um, extremely thirsty, Lord. They need something, Lord, to just quench it. That's the way your word, your voice, and your presence is talked about through David who wrote it, Lord. I pray, Father, for those that just don't have a desire or thought like that, Father, that you would build it, that you would instill it, Lord. I pray that you'd give great revelation for how amazing your voice and your word is. How you'll literally just change us, environments, just cultures, Lord, from hearing from your voice, Father. I pray, Lord, that you would give um, a real security and a better understanding as far as what's your voice and really what's not your voice. That still, small, quiet voice like it talks about in Elijah, Lord. That still, small, quiet voice. I I pray that we'd be able to tell where that's the Holy Spirit and just where it's not. We just need to pay attention to it. And so, Lord, I know that you love to be with us, your children. I know that you love to be in fellowship with us. I know you love to have us pour out our hearts, tell you our dreams, our ambitions, our goals, our hopes. I know you take great joy in that, Lord, just like I take great joy in being with my sons, Lord. And so, Father, I pray that that would be just our approach, Lord, to just being together with you, Lord. I pray uh, against the enemy that would just really, really now seek to distract and discourage people from just spending time with you, Lord. I pray, Lord, just for a protection, Father, that you deliver us from any evil in that realm, Lord. I pray that you fill each person here, God, um, this week coming up, that you fill myself and us in this church just with a clear vision of some things you really want us just to pray and be in communication with you about, Lord, before we start next Sunday. So I pray you'd really prime our hearts and prime our minds and prime our spirits this week. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All righty. So our last hurrah is downstairs. We got chili, Michael? We got chili down there? All right. All right.